0: Is important? He, it's in. important that he, he keeps up to date with my, the full gamut of my, is my career. Is your literary
1: agent based in London? He is, yes. Is he? He would be. When is he called Tarquin? <laughs> he's not. He's called David. <laughs> David he's Tarquin. He's lovely. <laughs> is his middle name Tarquin? I don't
0: think so. We've never done, we've never done first names. But that wasn't the <laughs> only weird thing <laughs> that middle names... The only th- weird thing that happened to me yesterday... I was on the train yep. on the way back from my day in London. It was very exciting. I was, I was, I was all kind of het up because I, you know, I'd been in the capital in the big smoke. Did you have time? Oh. Did you have time and for I'd, sightseeing? Did you go I'd, to Leicester I'd Square? I'd been to Madame Tussauds. <laughs> really? And, no. Anyway, so was, I was reading my book on the train, and there was a, a chap next to me who was watching a Clark Gable film on his on his Macbook, and it was all very nice. It was actually quite. A, the fellow opposite me had a birdie tin and I'm un, I'm unclear about whether you should be allowed birdies on trains. It's a seven o'clock to Piccadilly. It's packed, don't eat a burger Come on, eat something that doesn't smell Anyway, <laughs> as I got up he, he
2: wouldn't want to be sat anywhere near me on a train Then, really? You don't eat a burger on a train You
0: don't Come eat on. kebabs
2: on a train, do you? I spend an awful lot of time travelling around, Rory Sometimes I just have to grab food as and when that I can could be Is the the there s- anything you wouldn't eat on a train? It's
1: a Samuel L. Jackson film, isn't it?
2: What, things
0: <laughs> I kebabs ate on a train, on a train. <laughs> 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 Let's pitch it to him the, he did, he's in everything. Is is SLJ being it? You I think this pitch just just <laughs> add him the scripts. Learn your words. So just just so we're all clear, Sandwich is fine, right? Yeah, wraps fine. Just just a sort of bastardised sandwich. But um,
3: essentially, you, you're saying cold and savoury.
0: Yeah, I think oh anything sweet really you can get away with. Doesn't smell badly. Um, fruit I think is fine, but burgers like wasabi no. Fish right. and chips? No. <laughs> no fish and Stinks. chips. The
1: smell of, oh, it's gorgeous though, isn't it? Fish and chips. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love not fish and chips. Not in a but small I'm, area. But
0: you, don't in it. first
1: class. He's not in I'm not in first area. class. I'm anyway, hey. surprised anybody was eating a burger yeah. in first class. Well, you get a it. meal.
0: So yeah. I'm not in first class. I had to buy a ticket the, on the day of travel. I'm not made, I'm not made of gold, am I? <laughs> Jesus
3: Christ. Well, if you went to London, the streets are paved with it. So surely you just picked it that. up. <laughs> but I was
0: also mud and unappreciated. Um, the, um, so it turned out that the guy sitting next to me uh, is a man called Neil Gibbons, who I am friends with on Twitter. We've been friends on Twitter for three or four years. And he, as I was getting off, off at Stockport, he said, are you Rory Smith? And I said, yeah, you're, you're Neil Gibbons, aren't you? Which is very odd. But Neil Gibbons writes Alan Partridge. Really? Oh, Imagine Robert, is Rob Neil what, Gibbons? Ro- Rob Gibbons and Neil, they're twin brothers, yeah. Wow. So I was sat next to the writer of Alan oh. Partridge on the train. And I didn't know, so we shared a cab back. Did you do it? Did you do the aha? No, of course oh, I didn't. Oh, you should have done. But it was... It was it, so impressive that even when i got home and told kate she was like oh my god that's amazing
3: and you and kate are known for not sharing the same interests in terms of comedy uh, i.e you you she, one has a sense of humor she
0: kind of likes partridge she kind of gets it but she doesn't massively. she doesn't right. love it i think if i think Do you think women generally get partridge I know women who do and women who don't. I think we can't <laughs> generalise exactly about
3: women. That's exactly the right answer. That question <laughs> no, was saying. way too loaded, Nikki, and so don't Nikki's ask it stopping. again.
1: She just does not understand. David Brent. And I think these are the best ca- yeah, comedy they're quite, characters. They're all
2: quite blokish comedies, oh, are they? Do you yeah, think so? Yeah. Ma- male sense of humour, friendly okay. comedies. I, I, I watched The Partridge. Was it Alpha Papa? Yeah, Alpha watch? Papa, yeah. I watched that by myself. I didn't bring Katie into the really? equation. You should have forced if her. We were, if we were... Yeah, no.
3: <laughs> Gemma and I, that's the fork in the road. Family guy, American dad, which I know yeah. splits you and Kate, Rory. You disagree completely. But we... We we split at Partridge. She sees no humour in it whatsoever. So would really? You,
1: would you watch like a, a a chick film? Would you watch something like that romantic? Would you like a? Do, you, you, do you
3: want to carry on massively stereotyping I, for the length of saying?
1: Chinch,
0: can I shot you? Can I shot you? Go on then. <laughs> I like wine. No, rosé. My jeez. um. I love a rom com. I, I absolutely adore rom coms. I do. I love them. You adore them. I adore rom coms. What's your favourite one? I, I tell a you wedding what, I, planner. I love the work of Catherine Heidel. I'm not gonna lie to you. Twenty-seven dresses. Twenty-seven dresses. There's there's lots to appreciate
2: about uh, Catherine Hykes. It's, n-
0: it's a nice wave-like hitch. She's good-looking. Is a terrible film, but is it's just a nice way that's to spend. That's Eva Mendes yeah, that's Will and Smith. Will and Smith. Eva Mendes. Yeah. yeah, but it's a nice way to spend a couple of hours. Like it, it makes you feel happy yeah. about life.
3: I don't I don't tend to see genre. I just you know if it's good, I'll watch it. Don't have talk rubbish. You don't have, to talk, rubbish. <laughs> you don't have to talk rubbish. Love romcoms. Anyway, that was that was my. So how my, did that was you knew him? Did he, how did he know who you were? We follow each other on Twitter. Oh. You said Twitter friends, which is essentially mutually exclusive. Yeah. M- <laughs> it's not possible to be a no, Twitter, we're, we're Twitter. You're friends. mutually
2: stalking.
0: We're Twitter friends. <laughs> Did you yeah, tell him about the podcast? No. No. Why? We shared a cab. We were chatting about Partridge. You should have cards with the podcast on. He's got too
1: many <laughs> other know. things
2: that he was probably selling on to him than he was. <laughs> the, the, the that book he right. wrote. Well set piece right. well, menu. That that go
1: will mention the well, book again. When he said yeah, the, when award he, yeah. the award winning book. The award winning book. When he said earlier,
2: I was reading my book on the train, what he actually meant was. I was reading my, my own book on the track. <laughs> That's not true. I've not read that book. I've not read it. I had to, it's coming out in paperback in February. Which book's that? The
0: book that I wrote that won, What's won it called? an award. It's called Mr. Chinch. And it won awards. It, w- it was the Sunday Times Sports Book of
3: Excellent. the Year. Excellent. We'll have to and get it. Deservedly that. so. I have yes. a copy deservedly just so. uh, just downstairs, so I'll go and get soon. one. Can
1: you sign me a copy for my birthday? Absolutely. No, I'm not buying it. You only of the paperback.
3: I've
0: run out of copies of the hardback. Oh. They only give me 20. Welcome
3: to. wedge open. Welcome. Welcome to Set Piece Menu. This is the podcast where four friends talk about football over food and also other publications and projects that people may well have ongoing. <laughs> um, the, the the setting today is a little chaotic. I have to apologise. Um, there's been some renovation. We are actually sitting in a lounge for the first time and not around a dinner table. Although food still has been served. The food was excellent, Hugh. I mean, I,
2: and I feel like I will, say, even though you were quite disparaging about um, he was what I presented, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, l- last time out on on set piece menu, that uh, I, I very much enjoyed the jambalaya today, and I congratulate you on it.
0: Do you felt did, did anyone else feel it like to have done with a bit of ketchup though to help? Yeah, liberate? I think so.
2: <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of
1: ketchup to mask the flavour completely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Quite spicy, yeah. after, I felt. I'll pay after, uh, a price for that later. You know after, that. after Hugh nearly sort of oh, that completely disintegrated my uh, my chicken mozzarella and pesto. Uh, mm. Paninis with piquetto. Well done
3: at least For claiming the moral high ground right. If not necessarily The high ground Of culinary skill um, Thank Ooh. you for All your feedback So far Not only <laughs> On the food that I just Cooked for, cook for you But also everybody Who was fed back So beautifully Although our first Four star review mm. Came in Which was, yeah, was Something of a Hurtful Underwhelming hurtful. moment From
1: who? Hurtful Do you want me to go round there? A la Grant Mitchell <laughs> A friend of mine wrote a book Another another book
0: oh, it's, here not we a, go. it's not as good as mine uh, But it had Um it had a, a five-star rating on Amazon. And he was really, really proud, really protective of his five-star rating. M- my book actually did have a five-star rating for some time on Amazon. This is not a story about your book. No, it's, it's not. Somebody else's book. And you do get weirdly protective of it. But anyway, someone, someone left him a one-star review. What? <laughs> and he was furious. And he was made even more furious by the fact that when he read the one-star review, the book, book was about football, the one-star review said, I don't really like football, so I'm not that interested. You think? Well. Why don't That's not, that's not it is a this bad fault. book I'm thinking of leaving Like a one
1: star review On like Pride and Prejudice And just saying <laughs> I know how it ends Yeah, yeah. but maybe somebody <laughs> Not
3: really into period drama
1: Somebody who isn't Interested in football Is maybe the perfect person To read a book about Because you're actually Reading the content So yeah, that's if, true, is yeah. this any good If yeah. it is
3: guff Give it one star I've had some feedback Directly to me About the podcast by the way um, uh, Two things First of all Apparently we need music What uh, So if anybody wants to sing I've got a piano We could Just play an introductory piece of music as we as we as we start the podcast. Uh, The other one was: um, Have you ever thought about getting different people? What? Uh, So I I I was very defensive. Who said that? Disregarded that. I'm not going to name them because it would be a shameful moment. A friend. It's soon to be a family member.
1: So, less of me, more Andy Booth, that type of thing. That was essentially oh, the point
3: that was made. Um, it is high time that we introduced everyone. No, it wasn't, Gemma. It was OK. <laughs> uh, Andy Hinchcliffe is a former England international footballer. Hello, Andy. Hi and there. because you've been mentioned first, that means there won't be an insult. Uh, Rory Smith writes for the New York Times. Steve Wyeth is a commentator for BT Sport. And I'm Hugh Ferris, who presents this podcast. Set piece menu is designed to get down and dirty on one single footballing topic without drawing all the disparate strings together in any way. Or in any conclusion. In recent weeks, uh, we've been talking about a winter break, world-class players, and a post-truth world as well. But today on Set Piece Menu, it's set pieces. Mm. Rather fittingly, we realised we needed to do this after a, a long conversation, which we should have recorded and we would have given ourselves a day after day. Uh, after the last time we convened, do they matter as much as they used to? And are they as good as they used to be? Set pieces, it's really good that we have such expertise Steve, Rory and myself about set pieces. Andy, you'll have to chip in when you can. We'll,
2: we'll try and keep it so that you can feel involved and that you we could, maybe would drift be, towards yeah. an area of expertise you. for it's you occasionally. So the highlight of the
0: conversation that we had not recorded mm. the other day was was Chinch uh, telling a story about you, Beckham and... Matt Letizia. Yeah. what Letizia. What a trio, what a trifecta of set piece takers. Well, two of them and me. Uh, in which Chinch revealed that you were on England training duty yeah. with Len Hoddle. Yep. You were doing extra set piece training as you yep. were a dedicated professional. Mm. And Beckham and Letizia, these two great names of, of, of
2: free Did kick. To really jump out. If you were to think yeah. about, you know, yeah, legendary XBTS, figures, yeah. free kick and corner takers, they are two that you would
0: Listen, really sort of jump to. All the and they were, they, were going, they were going, they were going, they were sort of firing high and wide. I
1: don't think uh, I used the words high and <laughs> wide but they certainly
3: weren't you electrifying that, as I was. You
0: suggested that they were spraying mm. balls oh, they almost were. willy-nilly yeah, around... I do not know
3: what they were doing. So much so you had to position somebody mm. behind the goal just to keep Get on yeah, yeah. getting to the balls and bringing it. them back. Mm. Whereas
1: 9 out of your 10 went I'd into say the top I'd say 9 moment. out of 10,
3: yeah, probably 10. But we'll say 9 just for <laughs> argument's sake. What was the purpose of that uh, occasion and what is the sensible point that the you'd like to make practicing thereafter? free kicks is tend to make your
1: free kicks a bit better. The more I tend to find... The more we thought about them and practiced them, the better they got. Really? Yeah, and Glenn Hoddle, being a national manager, was very astute in that regard. And he said, you three can take free kicks. Why don't we practice them? Those two were rubbish. And he came over to me and said, that's amazing what you're doing. Tell me the method that you use. So I explained to him what Willie he, he taught me about And what was the method free? that you use? There's a relaxation technique that you use before you strike a ball. And then all the things that have been taught about in terms of how you strike the ball, the contact with the ball being the most important thing. So it's working everything depends on how you strike the ball the wall's immaterial, the weather's immaterial the goalkeeper's immaterial it's all about the practice you put in and actually how you strike that ball because that ultimately is, is what ends up with the ball in the net What's the relaxation technique? Um, it's just a it's, a it's a mindfulness I don't want to go into it too much because you'll all fall asleep Did Eileen Drury help <clears> you with <throat> it? I, I did meet Eileen Drury once you got very hot hands but then again the radiator was
3: on so she might. Have. <laughs>
1: yeah, I met her once. Yes. She was interesting. Yeah, did she did she
3: help you with that sort of thing or is that just what Willie done? No, told? She helped me with a lot of other stuff. You know the
1: other issues that I have, but not free <laughs> kick taking. You know, all the other issues I have.
3: Was she was yeah. she
0: previous lives, I Drury?
3: No, that was the that was, that was the insults that cost yeah, Hoddle cost his job. job. Anyway, can we get back to the the, the point of the question it so was.
1: Do we all believe that corners are a bit rubbish now no, I've got a, a different question oh, it's better you? a better question we'll do well, that question later the one that later. he's given us no
0: so where are you trying to hit the ball what where is the spot where's the sweet spot on the ball to take a free
1: kick where is the actual sweet spot on the ball what bit of the ball were you aiming for low on the ball were you aiming for high on the well, ball if you aim low on the ball it goes too high if you aim too high on the ball it goes too low so you have to aim for the the midriff. Oh, yeah. Does the, the ball sweet have a spot. midriff? Yeah, the sweet spot, yeah. But it is all about that contact that you make. So that's like golfers do. If you see golfers on the driving range, a lot of the time they just practice the swing. They're not bothered about where the ball ends up. They'll know where it ends up because of how they make contact with it on the putting green. It's the same thing. So the concept comes from that. And that's the way, and I've obviously heard stories about how Zola used to practice at Chelsea. I think Graeme Lasso, friend of mine, Graeme Lasso. Friend of mine as colleague, well. colleague. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? My, you do call him GLS as
0: well. Probably, my, <laughs> probably my favourite ex-Inland left-back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: From Neville? You no. Have, no. No? GLS. Anyway, GLS. Yes, so tell me about how I worked practice. quite a bit with
0: Tony Dorigo. He'd, <laughs> yeah. he'd, he'd be your most favourite. I, and player. I went to school yeah, with his son, Dorito. Oh, I've got so go. many left-back connections, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Anyway, We're talking about Dorigo,
1: not Doritos. Dorito, yeah. Dorigo, yes. Didn't go so to
0: school with the son of the guy who makes Doritos.
1: So anyway, where you strike the yes. So you talk about where you strike the ball. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, if you're trying to get it up and down, then clearly, if you strike it too high or too low, it's not going to do what you want it to do. But it is all about head. Day. It is all those classic things like the rugby. We used to watch the rugby um, kickers at uh, Sale. We used to live around the corner from Sale. I was sent to watch the guy practice the. I know the, again. The ball's static. Mm-hmm. What, what you're aiming for is is a set target. In football, it's the same. But everyone said, "Oh, you got a wall. You got a goalkeeper." No, you haven't you got a top corner? And that's not going to move. So that what I was practicing was getting the ball from where it starts to where I want it to end. And up. what so about be kickers, golfers?
3: The the sweet spot of your foot. What? Which part of your because. Players now are striking it with all different parts of their foot. Don't get what, that. What part of your foot well, it's the, it's would you the, kick it with? The
1: it's the instep. It's the three quarters of the way at your instep. If you look at the best, who's the best free kick taker we've all seen in the last twenty years? Andy 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 Andy, uh, forget me, guys. Forget <laughs> me. David Beckham <laughs> like is the best striker ben, yeah, yeah. Of, of a ball I've ever seen. And if you look at his method of striking the ball, that's absolutely. What he used to do. And I, I would say the best free kick takers from a certain range, 25 yards, always do that style of free kick. They don't go for this Ronaldo style well, or just blast it and hope.
0: So I would, Steve, being a connoisseur of the European game, yeah. would no doubt join me in suggesting that Beckham is probably the best in step free kick taker yeah. of the last 20 years. But the best free kick taker mm-hmm. of the last 20 years is Juninho Panambucano, the Leon Juninho who invented the Ronaldo te- the knuckleball technique of, of free kicks, mm. of making the ball kind of appear to judder in the air, like the old Mets advert, if you remember. So they're saying that the would be Manning.
1: more effective, or was he so good at it that it was very effective? If you, go- if you took a bog-standard footballer like yourself or Steve or Hugh and stood in front of a ball and said, what- which way would you to strike? Bog it? Yes, I don't think my the- standard is bog. Would you go straight down the Ronaldo, or would you open your body out and do what? Whenever I took free kicks as yeah. a younger man, I tried to curl them. Whip them?
0: Yeah. 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 Would you do the same thing? Would you absolutely. do the same oh, yeah, thing? point pointless asking it, you, you're bloody hopeless. <laughs> it wouldn't
1: reach the goal. <laughs> you do have spindly legs, don't you?
0: But it is interesting, there has, as Hugh says, there has definitely been a change in the popularity of that technique, that knuckleball technique. But is it because of Ronaldo? That Juninho invented and Ronaldo has made popular is definitely. So who's much this more guy, prominent. tell me this
1: guy I've never heard
0: Giannino of. Juninho he played for Leon. He was a, a sort of, I don't know, tousle haired Brazilian, I guess is okay. the best way to describe and when it. What did he play? He was an attacking midfielder. In what. what Oh, in uh, when did he play? Late nineties, two thousands. Have you heard of him, Steve? Yes,
2: yeah, I, know. I, yes I know. I know. I don't quite. Yeah, I know who he is, but I don't quite buy into the fact that he was more prolific as a free kick taker. scored Beckham scored more free kicks than anybody else. But record, it, he's a record was holder. That, I think. Was that volume of? Was that based on volume of free kicks? Well, I mean, we be talking. It had a better percentage. Well, that, that's the difficulty. So Ronaldo, who's accepted as
0: being very good at free kicks. If you actually look at Ronaldo's percentage of goals he scores from the number of free kicks he takes, it's not that good.
3: It's like Roberto Carlos, famous yeah. for scoring one, one free kick good. and then got about 1% of the yeah. subsequent free kicks. I suppose
1: it is going back to what gives you the best chance of scoring. If you have a free kick taker who's got a specific way of taking them and it's effective, yeah. then clearly he's going to do that. But if there is this, this straight on approach or there's the open the body out, whip the ball, I would always consider the Beckham style of taking a free kick as most likely to succeed whoever was taking it. Because you're more in control, you've less you're less reliant on the wall breaking up or the goalkeeper moving.
3: But you said something a moment ago which is like Willie Donokey told you to not pay any attention to the weather, to the wall, to where the goalkeeper was, because yep. the way that you struck it yep. should be better than all of those just things. Just explain
1: who Willie Donokey is, A way, former, probably, A former
3: coach of yeah. yours he at Manchester it, yeah, City, Everton yeah. and Manchester City. Uh,
1: came, Everton, yeah. Joe Royal, Willie Donokey came in and some of the stuff. Sorry, some just the, Everton, yeah. Yeah, some of the. the it came to Sheff, Sheffield Wednesday as well. He came there for a while. But again, a lot of the techniques in terms of body shape and how you defend and how you move and how your footwork. But taking set pieces was a big. Because obviously they came in at a time we needed to win games and they probably saw. Or what I was maybe capable of doing and we worked incredibly hard and then he taught me this this process of actually trying to play the percentages, to make it as hard as possible for the opposition from say corners but from free kicks when I'm in total control of what happens. No one else is in control of it. The goalkeeper's not. He's reacting to what I do. The wall is reacting to what I do. It, the ball how long how long would it take from twenty five yards from from foot to the back of the net you 're looking at a second and a half maybe the weather can 't really come into play because the ball is moving that quickly it 's there before the wind can get hold of it or whatever it might be so that 's what I was taught and actually it's just it 's a completely different way of of thinking about taking a set piece because normally you look at where the wall is or you look at where the goalkeeper is and then make your mind up no my mind was made up even before the free kick was given because as soon as that ball is placed down my, my concentration is on myself relaxing listening to my breathing and making sure I strike that ball correctly. where are you
3: aiming for then the same, the same time every time if you're no, this, taking it from got, the left hand I've got two hands, like the top opposite, corners,
1: and I, the opposite I just one. make a split I'm say, right. that's the way I'm going to put it in the wall it's, it doesn't matter because the trajectory I play the ball on the wall won't be able to affect it the goalkeeper won't be able to affect it doesn't it happen, don't you obviously can't? If you're a yard out, you're over the bar or you're wide of the pole. But what you're looking to do is be so precise that the goalkeeper, doesn't matter how athletic he is or, or how he reads what you're trying to do, there's no way he's going to save it. So, so this, is, this is interesting to me because I would, from
2: commentating on football or from watching football as a fan, when you see the player place the ball, you are assuming he's taking all of those criteria mm-hmm. into his thought process. No. His aiming has got to factor in whether the wall is slightly left or right of where he would prefer it to be. So, so you're telling me that a good free kick taker mm-hmm. will, it, once they've made, in the same way as a, a, a golfer with a driver, a, a putt, if they hit that ball as true yeah. as they know they are capable of, that ball is going to go into the back of the net, yeah, and yeah. there's and there's nothing the goalkeeper or the wall well, it, do it the goal, it. of
1: course you have if the wall were to jump for some reason jump 12 feet off the ground and actually someone g- gets their head on it again there's nothing but the chances of that happening or the chance right. of a goalkeeper if, if he leaves you a section of the goal to shoot for if I put it in the top corner whether he's in the right side of the goal or not it's still going to take something incredible so mm. I do as much as I can do if he beats me in the fact that he's actually so athletic and, and, and reads it to a degree and actually gets there and make a save It happens, of course it happens, but then the goalkeeper has actually outdone you, but you've done, you've not made life any easier for him, but the chances of that happening regularly, it just didn't happen. That's why I was taught the method that I was taught. So, Do you think other professionals would benefit from that advice?
2: Because that seems to be that if the only variable Mm. is you, the free
1: kick taker, then blimey, you'd spend... 90% 90% of your time Well, like, that, Like you? at Everton, when a free kick was given in wide areas or from 25 yards out, nobody else even came over and said, I'll have this one because I was taking them because that's the work that we've done. That's the, what's the point in practicing 60, 70 free kicks twice, a, you know, three or yeah. four times a week? If Anders Limpar wants to come over and say, t- I'll take this one. No, you're not. That never happened. So I can just put the ball down and it's all about me because that's the practice I've put in during the course of the week. So, so mean- no one else interfered with the fact, Whoever we didn't decide on who was going to take it. I was going to take it. And everyone knew that, and I knew that. So that's the, that's the practice I put in. So on a match day, it wouldn't change. That wouldn't change at all.
2: So you're in your role as a co-commentator for Sky now, you're sat, sat up there in a gantry, and the minute you see a discussion amongst players I'm as to who's going to take doing? it It's just wall. distracting. Yeah.
1: And they're, if they're looking at the wall, I'm thinking, that, how, that hasn't got any relevance, because if you strike the ball well enough, and this is what you've practiced, but maybe is the practice being done? Are the coaches encouraging the players to, to be presuming doing what I used to do. I just don't see it. And with the way that corners are taken, now they're just floated in. There seems to be a way of restarting the game rather than actually trying to put the opposition under pressure, which was the whole point of of, of what
3: we did. We'll get into corners in just a moment, but just to finish off on on free kicks, everything that you have mentioned, it suggests that walls are unnecessary. Mm -hmm. There's so much superficiality going on around free kicks. They're unnecessary. So why is that happening? Is that because they're trying to overcomplicate it because they want to look cool and new? Or are, are they simply just unaware of... Well, their lack
1: of, ben- the lack of benefit. That's what would make things interesting. I, I think setting a wall up, I, I, there must be a lot of walls that do do their job, and the, again, it's down to if the ball's not stuck correctly, the wall does its job. If I strike the ball correctly, the wall can't do anything about it. I can manipulate round the wall, over the top of the wall. It can't do anything about it. So if they weren't to set a wall up, would put more doubt into my mind, thinking, wait a minute, this is what teams have always done. If they were just to scatter in the penalty area and give me a target from 25 yards out with maybe two players standing on the posts, okay, your players can go stand on the goal line as well. But that would make it harder for me. Setting a wall up actually, I think, gives me a huge advantage over the goalkeeper because I've got a bigger target to aim for and those players are all in one bunch and they're not going to affect what I do anyway. But if you scatter those players about, I, I, it would definitely put doubt in my mind. So
0: I have a long-standing grievance with the concept of the wall. I think the wall is one of the stupidest things in football. I've known this about you yeah. as long as I've known exactly.
2: you. Exactly.
3: Hello, things I'm Rory. <laughs> I hate walls.
0: Yeah. It's one of the first things I say to people when I meet them. It's actually how I seduce Kate. The, um, the you
2: should go and have a word with Mr. Trump see if you can convince him. Possibly,
0: possibly That's yeah, why your
1: house is open plan
3: because you exactly- don't like
2: like
1: walls. Exactly. Uh, his neighbours
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. hate him. He's been out he's out there <laughs> out there with a
3: wrecking ball. Oh <laughs> He's having a bath and wanting, <laughs> I don't want to see this.
2: So from
0: less than twenty five yards, I think there's a valid reason to have a wall. It does make it harder to get it to get that trajectory up and over. Not for a good reason. Chinch is shaking it his head. It helps, I'm me. About your, it helps me. So I can understand all right then, I'll change the way I phrase that. I can understand why goalkeepers think I will have a wall to put an obstacle in the way. Any more than 25 yards, I think having a wall is completely stupid. Mm-hmm. I think it would be much better if, as Chinch says, you could have a goalkeeper and a player on each post and clear the box mm-hmm. and make it a 25 yard, 30 yard penalty. Yeah. Ideally, I'd like to see no players on the posts, the entire defending team level with the taker, ready to react if he passes it short and a player runs in. And if it's legal, I did speak, I mentioned this to someone yesterday. And they wondered whether it was it was legal to do it or not. Or put eight of your players level with the taker, so that everybody else on the pitch is you've created a really high offside line. Yeah. And put two of your players next to the goal, but off the pitch, so they're not playing anybody onside. Are, are you allowed? I don't to know do if you're it? allowed to do that. that you mean, con- you mean
3: in that? the goal, don't you? Yeah. Not not literally
0: in the goal. I mean, I put them either side of the. The goal, of the off, stanchion. But
3: off the field of play. But
2: off the field of play. I don't know if you're allowed to do we're it. I'm not sure you can do that, can because you? But I don't see
0: why you can't do it.
2: You technically le- need the referee's permission mm. to, leave to leave the field, field of play. play, and therefore you then need his permission to come back on again. So the referee could intervene in that circumstance and say, well, hang on, you didn't have my permission to come back on. Yeah. Obviously, if your natural momentum has taken you off the pitch, you you're can allowed come to come back, back on. on yeah. But if you were physically making the decision to, to take yourself, you could actually... Be booked for leaving the yeah. leaving the pitch, and you could definitely be booked for coming back on again. I've, I've that, seen right? it happen yeah. recently.
3: Actually, so, that was a booking so the, That to me, mm.
2: even if you didn't, if you take that take, taking players off the field to
0: play out of the equation, that to me turns a free kick from a a situation in which lots of random things can occur—a deflection off the wall, a badly struck ball, a ricochet, that sort of thing—into a thirty-yard penalty kick. Well, which a goalkeeper though? should the say. The thing,
1: if I'm staking a and everyone's in level, do you know with what me, I and I've happen? got the open pen and a goalkeeper. Would I? Still sh- shoot, you'd be kind of what the hell? I think if if you'd you actually had, want to jab the ball into the open space for somebody else to run to, if you,
0: you had defensive players playing people on side, I think the attacking team would build the wall as
1: a disguise mm. for the goalkeeper. Well, we used to do this with, with Graham Stewart at Everton. He used to stand, his job was to stand in, in the goalkeeper's eye line between the goalkeeper and the ball, so the keeper couldn't see the ball. So if the first time the keeper sees it is when it probably clears the wall and no goalkeeper in the world can react that quick. Especially so against, when distracted by, by Graham Stewart's tremendous Graham, beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Nookie Bear. Nookie Bear. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But you, yeah, so that, that was his job. Yeah. Very important job, though. Yeah Was that his only job You can celebrate with the rest of us When I score a pearl of a free kick For <laughs> 25 yards Well done The keeper couldn't see it Because your big fat ass
3: Was in the way Anyway go ahead, carry on What you you saying Well Rory has suggested Something of a maverick idea mm. um, It's what, not so why, maverick It's clever Why aren't, aren't people trying These maverick ideas Because I remember Was it Sam Allardyce who, who was the first person To put an offensive player In a deliberately offside position To run back At the moment of contact um, and then it kind of seemed to fade away. Nobody mm. really does it as much anymore. So why don't people take chances like this? Why don't people think, well, hang reverse. on a minute, I'm creative in so many other ways yeah. in, in my formation, in yeah. the way that I train my players. Why can't, why can't I do and this?
1: Taking people off the post, which clearly is what most sides do now. Because I yeah. spoke to Jim Beglin about this, and the best way of explaining he just said, well, actually, if you have people on the post, you make the target the opposition trying to score in smaller. Mm. So we say, well, you're encouraging people. But yeah, but wait a minute, it's a corner anyway. So the ball's going to land maybe in the six-yard box. So if you have people on the post posts making the target smaller isn't that of benefit so why would you not have people on the post does anyone really where did this start
0: well, well why? it's to do with it's to do with playing, playing people on site.
3: if he gets cleared and then you yeah. oh okay. okay um you're getting old and you've already told that story in the podcast so um have i yes you what have podcast <laughs> oh my god you're moonlighting really that's really bad no. the jim beglin uh, people I, on the post stories has happened on it, a previous episode. And I recommend everybody go and download all the previous episodes. See just FFB. to find out I where did, it is. Just, I'm not going to tell you which, <laughs> it, which episode it is, but it's there. But it's
0: interesting, isn't it, that with, with so many kind of coaches who are seen as kind of pioneers and challenging ideas and challenging kind of conventional wisdom, there's things like the wall, which is a completely arbitrary thing that just happens and teams do it. Everyone, no, one quest- no one's questioned that. You know, Pep all the sound, cl- signed Claudio Bravo, does he want a different type of goalkeeper. But Claudio Bravo still has a wall.
1: Why have a wall? There's no point having a unless wall. There is, unless they do their stats to say the wall nine times out of ten or eight, the ball hits the wall. And the, but is the wall doing its job? Or is the free kick so exactly. bad that yeah. it hits the wall? I would say, well, if I take a free kick and the wall is ten yards away from me, if I hit that wall... What does that say about me striking the ball? It's not good enough, is it? So I don't say the wall's doing its job. The wall, I feel, is helping me,
3: and I use it to my advantage.
0: Hitting the wall with a free kick is not not as bad an offence as hitting the first man with a corner. Which
3: segues beautifully onto corners, because we started this conversation uh, by saying... uh, are they as good as they used to be, and do they matter oh, as much, are so much as they used when to be. I was younger?
1: Oh, oh corners. corners! I remember when every corner were a goal. <laughs> I,
3: I remember the uh, semi-final of the 1995 FA Cup, which is a, a beautiful occasion. If you're fans of Andy Hinchcliffe, <laughs> of which there are Not many. Not just that game, though. Many, No, many but that, games it was like televised. My set
1: piece, brilliance. I
3: was impressionable. Oh, yeah. Um, and I do remember that the, 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 the Hinchcliffe in swinging corner, unplayable. Mm. But there was a period, I think. For more than a year, for example, that Manchester City didn't score direct from a corner. Now, yeah. again, is that because they don't matter so much anymore? They're not being practised as much who anymore? He was taking those corners, do you think? Uh, a, a combination of people, all mm-hmm. who you would suggest are good enough oh, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it that they're not being practised anymore is, or is, is it, yeah, is yeah, it, is is it, it that philosophic- they're just not yeah. as good anymore? Is it a
1: philo- philosophical thing? Is it beneath us to score from a set piece? Uh, do we not have the people capable of delivering what we want? But surely, for a, a right-footed left-footed—that's what I don't understand. You see, so many good left-footed players not taking corners out on the right-hand side, like I used to do. Whip it. It's a natural thing. A left-footer can strike the ball so beautifully. Would you not want somebody whipping a ball in on top of a goalkeeper to because you can score from it? What's the argument against it? though? Sc- I don't Why know. is it not happening? I don't know. This is the whole point. I watch it week in and week out. See, right-footed players away swinging corners, chipped into the box, keeper catches. It's like a restart. And it doesn't, not all teams, it's surely there must be teams on the continent that maybe take it more seriously, but, are, but a lot of it I see happens.
0: In the same way as maybe free kicks aren't as good, or don't seem to be as good as they used to be, because goalkeepers might be better, mm. could it be that corners are less effective, and corners are a really ineffective way of scoring goals, mm. you looked at any basic analytical kind of summary of, of football, you, it's. I think you get a chance from one in every nine corners, mm. and you score a goal from something like one in every fifty or something like that. Goals don't come from corners. That thing where fans are taking them, so unless why, Chichas, Chichas, Chichas so, taking them. So
2: why, when when a corner is given in a match, why is there this huge surge in noise from Only the crowd? Only in England. Like,
0: Only in England. It baffles everybody else. Like, it speaks to Italians and Spaniards. They completely. They have no. They don't re- really get why. English crowds cheer when there's a corner. So it is a restart.
1: Well, we used as saying, no, it's yeah, just a yeah, way yeah. of restarting. But we used to work backwards and say, well, we work so hard in general play to get the ball into the danger zone, which is normally the six-yard box. If you have a free kick or a corner, why would you t- not take that opportunity yeah. under no pressure to l- deliver a dangerous ball into an area? Presumably, you're trying to. But what was the say in the course of the game?
0: Could it be that the reason that corners have seem to have diminished in importance is because marking steams are better?
1: Well, this um, is this is a
2: this is a theory that that teams are spending so much time practicing defending set pieces because they view it as being a terrible way to concede a goal, Mm. that their mindset in training for set pieces is learning how to defend them better Mm. rather than learning how to exploit them to their advantage. And that anyone who's taking corners or free kicks in and around the penalty area in training is doing so for the benefit of learning how to defend them better yeah, yeah. rather than learning well, how I wonder, to take because, them. Well, I wonder what so it's do. embarrassing, it's embarrassing
3: phone, yeah. to concede via a set piece. Do, do teams in this country particularly not feel as embarrassed to concede by a set-piece? Set-pieces, like Rory said, people are mm. celebrating corners in this country mm. and they're not celebrating corners elsewhere. Is that because teams in this country are better at scoring from set-pieces or that they don't feel so embarrassed I just, to concede I think from tradici-
0: set-pieces? I, I think traditionally there were more goals from set-pieces in England than there were elsewhere, which is why you get this thing of, we've got a corner. This could be a goal, even though it almost certainly won't be. There's more
2: than 50 chances will <laughs> score from this situation <laughs> yeah. and there's only 30 seconds of the game remaining.
0: I find it how amazing how cynical
2: you are the the um,
0: like yeah you watch some teams like good players who can't take corners I find that like James Milner yes great player can't take a corner stop taking corners
1: James please stop well, taking corners well they must corners. be being told presumably to but again it. if the way I took you talk about how teams defend set pieces now apart from having people on the posts Nothing has really changed. So they might well have two extra bodies. Mm. But we used to use defenders as something to our advantage because if we deliver the ball correctly, it's moving back in towards the, the goal at pace. It's flat. The goalkeeper can't do really. anything. For a defender, As matter how however many you have, they're under pressure from mm. attackers as well. I don't see how they would still say, well, we've got a way of combating this because myself as a defender, it's the worst possible delivery into a penalty area that you would... That's actively what mm. you don't want. So how are they just for two extra people say or, or some, a, a striker coming back three extra people in there is that going to make it any easy to defend what i was trying to do but i don't see a lot of people doing what i was taught to do which is what i find interesting not saying my way is right mm. i'd be happy if you're chipping it in or floating it to the far post you kind of this are. is more effective but if it's <laughs> more <laughs> effective doing it I just don't see people going over putting it down and saying there you go have that goalkeepers gonna have a real problem here defenders gonna have a real problem and you hate short corners i just again we, we worked on the theory if you're trying to get the ball into it, d- again, if you've got no one to deliver it well into the danger zone, take a short corner and try and build, fine. But, but if, so if you do, why, why would you take it short?
3: Because it's a restart. So, for example, yeah, exactly. if yeah. you're on the continent and, and you yeah. feel slightly differently about corners, you want to restart from a position which is in the attacking third in a dangerous area. Yeah, so you build up from, mm. you know, people work a lo- are very hard that, to get there. So And mm. you
0: accept that corners are not an efficient way of scoring goals. goals
1: depending on maybe how you, this is the whole thing, surely it's got to be more efficient the way that I was because we played the percentages we tried to do all the things that made life really uncomfortable. Okay, you're not going to score one in every three, but certainly it's got to be more than the percentages now and say mm. well, one in every 50 or something. It had to be, you were giving yourself much more of a chance than that from, from what we were trying to do because we did not say we scored from every one of them, but I'm sure it was more than, it was more threatening than that. It had to
0: I be. do find it amazing you say about good players and people, not, teams not having someone to deliver a, corner or a free kick. But who's in
1: the pre- we're talking about Payette in the Premier yeah, League? But how many how many Payette others? and Ericson
0: I guess are the Erickson? two the two genuine specialists in the Premier League. But what I find bizarre is and Stephen Gerrard's the best example of this. Steven Gerard was a wonderful technical player but could not take corners. Just was a terrible corner taker and no one seemed to want to say to him Stephen like we you know you're great at everything else but <laughs> please stop taking corners. <laughs> They're awful but it's amazing that someone like David Silva, we talked about Man City. Silva's technically mm-hmm. a wonderful player. His technique is flawless. Mm. Does it, why is he not not only taking free kits, but scoring from free kits? It, it's just shooting. I always find this another, another... Well, he doesn't
3: look. shoot in open play either. Well,
0: exactly. But like Xabi Alonso, wonderful passer of the ball. to put the ball on a sixpence from 70 yards. Shoot more. It's the, it's the, yeah. it's mm. the same general idea. You're trying to put and the ball I, in a certain and place. And actually,
1: it isn't shooting. It's passing. With, with pace yeah. that's, that. I wasn't taught to shoot and smash the ball because that's, it's all about your contact clean cut golfers you don't see a golfer's really straining when they strike a ball it's effortless yeah. so it's actually the practice of actually sweeping through the ball that you work on and basically that's how I say all the time free kicks just pass it with pace Pass the wall over the wall and don't try and shoot you see all these players trying to put too much power into their shots and they just career them over the bar because yeah. the, their connection on the ball is not right. So if you get a left-back, normally a full-back, when he opens his body out and plays the ball down the line, just do that from 25 yards. Yeah. It's the same process. But things seem to change when the ball is static and it's 25 yards from goal or it's a corner. I've got to do it another way. But we'll just pass it into the box with yeah.
2: pace. It, it's not an entirely lost art. I think try and add a little bit of optimism. Mirjalan Pjanic at Juventus mm. is both an excellent corner taker and an exceptional free-kick taker he's up there in the. He's, he's, he's got Pirlo numbers in terms of mm. his conversion rate from free kicks around the penalty area and Hakan Chananolu at Bayer Leverkusen in the Bundesliga although he's just dropped off a little bit over the last 12 months ha- had an exceptional mm. run where he would when, when, but when Leverkusen had a free kick around the penalty area it, all, it felt to their fans as good as a penalty kick mm. so proficient was Chananolu and he is still a, a, an excellent corner taker so it isn't an entirely lost art. I just think the thing that makes that perplexes me about it is that people aren't trying to replicate that yeah. and yeah. practice to become <laughs> as good as those players we, or as, yeah, yeah. as Chinch or yeah, Beckham yeah. or Letizia well, were. Thanks, yeah. At um, we see, a, a 3 we we
3: But when they do try and do that by mm. getting the most adept technical player to take a corner mm. if it's a striker everybody's why on earth are they taking the, yeah, the corners the they Harry Kane need to be the really Harry Kane or Thierry it, Henry Phil used Jobs. to take yeah. <laughs> to take corners <laughs> Phil Jones I'm sure does it brilliantly as well <laughs> But they, they, these are there's an there's an outrage an uproar. Why are they taking? Because because they're technically yes. the most adept at taking it. But yes. as soon as they go out and to, mm. to do something slightly unorthodox, mm. it's it doesn't assume, matter.
0: Everyone assumes that the number nine. It's a tradition thing. It's a convention thing. The same as the wall. Everyone assumes that the number nine is not whether he's the best corner taker. Is t- is kind of deemed irrelevant because we, although we love corners, we don't think about the science that goes behind them. Mm. We assume that the number nine should be in the box, getting his head to the ball, mm. scoring a ro- you know a rocket header goal. Everyone cheers, isn't it? Aren't we English? Brexit, come on. <laughs> that's what that's what people think. I find it baffling that <laughs> set pieces, which are a learned skill, they are about talent. They're obviously about talent, mm. but they are also something you can acquire the knowledge of how to do. Just as yeah, Chint yeah. says, it is a yeah. it's a, it's, a, it's a method. Yeah. I find it amazing that more players, Challen Odlu, you presume practices all yeah. of the
2: time to take free kicks. He's not natural. He he's not. Has natural he wasn't ability, b- doing that when
0: he's four. Do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? He was. He, he didn't happen to just be born and be like, oh my god, I'm brilliant at bending the ball. And yeah. that's
3: the line about Beckham as well. he yeah. would, he would practice hours on end.
0: It's interesting that Steve says about. Um, a free kick for Chelanod Lubin is good, so Leverkusen has a penalty. I remember when I was playing Sunday League, we couldn't defend corners. <laughs> so we got to the stage where I remember Darty, my captain, saying that there was going to come a point where the opposition
1: would, d- would get a corner and just wheel away and celebrate. <laughs> 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 so what did they do that you was so undefendable? They put the ball in, the, put box. The, ball in the box? And we couldn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. head it. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? And it was okay. every team as well. Every, every team seemed to put the ball into the box. And we Could couldn't the goalkeeper not just come out and catch it?
0: Our oh, no, he was useless
1: uh, were you the common denominator though were you the first man who used to duck every time the ball came near you do you not uh... got product on my hair
3: I can't <laughs> head it not the face <laughs> not the face I'll, someone,
0: so, someone... I'll sound really touchy now if I say actually I'm quite good at heading the ball <laughs> and that <laughs> I was the one person who had to go
1: and win it but is I, can't, I couldn't that, go everywhere. You've got a face that's never headed a football in its life. That's not true.
3: Come on now. But
0: is that, is, is that a veiled compliment? You're telling me I'm handsome. Well, Giggs, that's really nice. That's you know how I feel about you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should draw it to a conclusion before we get uh, too sad about another Sunday League story. That, yeah. They're the saddest stories that we tell on this podcast Is poor Rory and his terrible <laughs> Sunday League career. Um, but before we go, we all have one more story and it is a, oh. a soccer story. It's time for Nevermind Jack and Rory. What a Soccer Story. Uh, a tale from Andy's playing days that have had all adult behaviour and libel where the details are removed. Um, Andrew, mm. the floor is yours.
1: Really? Again, this, this is back at Everton. Neville Southall, wonderful, wonderful goalkeeper, completely eccentric. His training, his training was absolutely legendary. He used to bring the young kids to goalkeepers in at eight o'clock in the morning. Neville always used to arrive in his training gear, and then after training, he'd shower and go home in his training gear. I only ever saw him once in his his own clothes. He looked like shaking Stevens. It was appalling. <laughs> it was denim on denim. <laughs> i have never understood why he the did that. The Toronto that. Tuxedo. Oh, it was awful. So anyway, but anyway, he used to get all the kids in at 8 o'clock in the morning, so there was four or five goalkeepers from, you know, 16, 17, all the way up to Neville. And he used to work three, at, he used to work so hard in the muddiest area of the training ground as well. He hated doing shooting practices, so he'd never get involved with the other players. Everything was, the goalkeepers go off and do their stuff, and he used to train for hours. And at Belfield, the training ground, this is one of the earliest memories of him. We came back in after training. We were all in the, in the dressing room, getting ready to go and shower and everything. Neville comes in, gets all his kit off. That, that was a sight. <laughs> Absolutely filthy, head to toe, covered in mud. So we go into the, into the showers and stuff. Neville starts washing up soap and, that, and gets a nail brush. So he's trying to clean himself with this nail brush, which is clearly never going to do the job because he, he just looks like he's been down the pit. So he looks in the corner, and there's a sweeping brush,
3: a yard (laughs) brush, a hard
1: bristle yard brush. He goes over, he takes the pole out of the brush, and proceeds to clean himself with the head (laughs) of a sweeping (laughs) brush. Just scrubbing himself, exfoliating himself down with the head of a yard brush. What right-minded human being <laughs> does something like that? But for Neville, it was like, oh, Neville's cleaning himself with a yard brush. <laughs> what is that all about? But honestly, I'll have to think of more stories to do with Neville, but we'll have to try, because some of them you know, there, there will, which cannot be repeated. There will be some the massive self The Viking helmet editing. one will have to be very careful about that one, won't we? You have heard that one, haven't you?
3: I think I've heard them all. Yes. Um, which worries me slightly. They'll have them. to go, go go through it with some sort of it's... fine tooth comb, uh, which for Neville would be the size we're not, of we're house. a mouse. Not do the job. <laughs> um, thank you, Andy. Uh, please do. Everyone um, subscribe, share, and review. Even if it's just the soccer stories that you're reviewing, we do humbly ask you to continue to find room for us in your podcast schedule. Uh, particularly if the room that we ask you to find for us is slightly inflated, as it has been today. I don't know whether it was just the excellence of the jambalaya giving everybody. A sense of great energy and fervour. One of our reviews does say make it longer that, doesn't it? Uh, I think at least one. Yeah, yeah Can we, can yeah, we two, do that? Now. Which legitimises us completely. But, but can no, we no. do that or not?
2: No, this it's supposed to be a, a, a bite size insight into a mm. footballing thought process. And hopefully people will pick up the conversation <laughs> themselves. I thought we had it in half an hour because it was,
0: that's how long it takes people to commute. Yeah, yes, that's how, we're that's,
2: bloating slightly. That's how long it takes people to commute if they live in Manchester. Or other great northern cities. <laughs> or other great northern <laughs> cities. Anywhere in the northern powerhouse. people I work with in London are completely perplexed that it only takes so half an, 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 hour an to why
3: get Why can't we do a London-based podcast sh- that's 45 minutes or Well, an hour? I think no, this one may well be our yeah, London well, Commute yeah, yeah. podcast. Should there we do we go, a, like capital. a
0: two-and-a-half-hour one for people on Southern Rail? Is that the
3: way to do it? <laughs> 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 or who have to walk. <laughs> Rather fittingly, uh, it is the London Commute podcast for your literary agent, for example. Absolutely. Who now oh, will be able to listen and know more of Andy Hinchcliffe on a perfectly commutable length that's a completely incorrect use of the <laughs> word commutable, <laughs> commutable length uh, podcast. Thank you to Steve, to Rory uh, and Andy and to everybody for listening and sticking with us uh, this far. We'll be back with another set piece menu for you to enjoy very, very soon. So any of you taking off your underpants after our chat from
1: previous seriously? I do take pants. off my
3: underpants so on a daily be, basis. You are in the
1: shower and stuff
0: like that. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wear a new, a new pair of like, I do like to be commando
1: in the
2: shower. I will.
1: Well, think <laughs> about this. Do you wear pajama bottoms at night? I do. You don't wear no. underpants with them, do you? No, I wear Certainly bottoms. not. I well, sleep, wear... sleep in my underpants. Your underpants? Underpants and a t shirt. Do you, do, you do you have. Pajama bottoms, yeah. Oh, you look like a I'm pajama not... bottom wearer. Look at these. Are they stripes? <laughs> <like> Are they <laughs> a... stripes? Blue and white stripes. No, they're
3: checked. This, oh, they would be. This comes they? from a gentleman who has sleeping shorts. I used to have sleeping shorts. Oh, have you moved on? Yeah. Is that what marriage has done to you?